0: You are listening to Radio Sock Talks, the SU Elections 2021. In this three-part series, we meet this year's candidates for SU Welfare Officer, Education Officer and President. On this episode, we are chatting to the SU presidential candidates in which we could get in contact with, Roshi Nick Lachlan, Joe Mee and James Pope, discussing their manifestos and getting their views on some important topics such as the upcoming referendum on reducing the student levy and more.
1: Hi Rosine. Hi, how are you? How are you getting on? Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm busy. Like everything is just like go, go, go these days. Yeah. How are you feeling about the election? I'm very nervous. Yeah, very. I don't know. I really like for any of the races. I don't think I can predict it for any of them. I think uh, it's gonna be so, there's like,
0: a lot of strong candidates this year.
1: Yeah, especially yeah. education. And, like, even- yeah, it's kind of weird, I'd say, to be doing it online, is it? Yeah and like especially because people are online and there's so many more burner accounts and like troll accounts and people that can just be nasty mm-hmm. so like I feel like that as well and like people can hide but like it's easier to say things about election candidates behind the screen than mm-hmm. it would be to like go up to my hostings or like on the concourse so yeah I kind of said like anyone that's running for welfare this year I kind of said to them um earlier in the year like just elections can be tough so just like have thick skin and don't let it get to you too much you know. Mm-hmm. And so
0: you, you were, you welfare officer currently, aren't you? I am, yeah. <laughs> what was that like this year?
1: It was something, <laughs> no, it was, um, it was challenging. Like, it was really like, even in terms of when you think like the welfare crew, usually you'd be able to go on campus and hand out condoms and like free period products and whatever. And this year, like, it's just been, it's so hard because you can't tell. And even for lecturers, I was saying like, they can't tell if usually when it's in person you can tell if a student is like falling behind or if they're like maybe not getting enough sleep and stuff you can kind of tell Mm -hmm. but if someone like has their camera off or like you can't tell if someone's at home and like what they're going through and stuff so it was really difficult but like we had to all just just go with it didn't we. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You decided to go for president then this year following on from being welfare officer. What what motivated you to do that yeah so I think being welfare officer like the reason that I ran for a welfare officer is because I feel like the welfare officer sees the most vulnerable students in the college if you're going to the welfare officer you're obviously like you're going through something or you're you need help with something and I was that student like I've been the student like part of the hidden homeless like I I was kicked out of digs because you have no rights in digs had to sleep in my friend's couch like I've been the student who has had no just hasn't ate for days because I had it was between paying my rent or eating so this year I saw like firsthand what those students are experiencing and like just exactly like the firsthand day-to-day challenges that students face and like the welfare officer has uh, deals with so much in their remit like um trigger warning like uh, sexual assault and like going homeless or you know like if if people are like maybe like really going through it with their mental health Mm -hmm. like uh, the welfare officer I think, really sees what needs to change in the college and what supports need to be there. So that's why I want to go for president. And I think as president, um, you sit on more of the committees that are able to implement change. So I feel like I've been more a better position to implement the change that I want to. Your manifesto is very much along that theme
0: of homelessness, mental health. Um, Like you said, um, what would be your ways of implementing that because obviously you made a very valid point that welfare officer while it's a very important role you don't exactly get to be in the place that you need to be to put the change in place you can protest you can do all those things but you're not really sitting at the big table so like what would your aims and ambitions be for that upcoming
1: academic year then if you were elected as president yeah so I feel like my manifesto is very welfare based that's kind of the approach I want to take to president um, so in terms of accommodation I think I got quite a lot done this year like in terms of like refunds and people being told to come to accommodation then being told they won't be on campus etc I was able to lobby for refunds and like um, as well like Car Village were charging extortion it was right yeah. on 200 300 euro for uh, to deliver food for students in quarantine so I delivered free meals to those students especially international students that don't know but as president, um, one of the big things for accommodation that I want to bring in is to establish an emergency accommodation scheme. So okay. this would be at the start of each academic year, Carb and Goldcrest would have rooms set aside in the case of evictions. And I think it is achievable because a lot of work went into the university sanctuary scheme. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm like I'm not saying it's gonna happen like straight away, but I want to make a start on it. Like a lot of work will go into it, but with we've seen it with things like the sanctuary scheme where rooms can be set aside for emergency provisions and in terms of mental health as well one of the things that I raised with the university and I raised it with the director of student services is to ensure that all staff will have mental health training so like suicide prevention training and being able to spot the signs so Mm -hmm. I've received assurances that that will be implemented under the new mental health strategic plan and and another thing I raised, so it, it's something I, I really, really want to get it done, and it is on their agenda because I've like mentioned it at a couple of meetings, is have a well-being check-in on the NUIG app on your space. So that would be like the COVID app where you click, I'm not doing too well, or I'm, I'm feeling great. But the most important part of that would be if someone clicks, they're not feeling great, that all the resources and the contact supports come up with like local supports, whether like in Galway City or NUIG or the location that they click they're in and um, i think that's really important and also like there's like small things as well that come into mental health that people like wouldn't necessarily think is mental health related but suicide prevention is food security and affordable health care so even mm. having stuff like lobbying for reading weeks like that just helps students and it helps it helps them so much if they're under pressure and Definitely. things like free period products like oh, there's loads of small things that help as well you know yeah no, that no, that
0: that that's actually a really, really, and the the emergency accommodations actually re, is is a
1: really genius idea. Actually, and yeah, accommodation. It's I feel like my whole year this year, with the year that it's been, has just been shouting at accommodation providers. Like they all hate me, and um, but that means I'm doing my job, I suppose.
0: yeah how do you feel about the upcoming referendum with the the
1: student levy yeah I know it's very um topical subject at the moment um I know um there has been a lot of talk around the Irish democracy fund and I I fully understand where society's concerns are coming from like society I was an auditor for two years and societies are the reason I have some of my best friends now like I don't think any student could go against um, what how much of an impact societies have on student life Definitely. um the iris and fund see it's the dean of students sits over that fund and an actual meeting of the fund hasn't taken place since the previous dean so there's no yeah. record of exactly how the funding's being used and from rfois see the iris Marketing Fund was initially just set up to be a maintenance fund so that's mm-hmm. like cleaning heat and electricity and from our FOIs, it shows that it was around 56 grand was spent um, on those things. And the, the Irish democracy Fund will still get 54 grand. But there is the threat of the university defunding it, but I think it's an empty threat. I don't think the university, I don't think NUAG want to sit in front of the HGA or public accounts committee and mm-hmm. be interrogated as to why they can't provide basic services for students um I do think the levy has a lot of positives like for example the um the sports center the kingfisher that we're all paying 100 euros to even if we don't we have to pay a further 350 if we want to actually use it yeah so I think that's the, the most expensive gym like in the university in Ireland definitely Yeah. So, I um I would be leaning more towards in favor of voting for the levy referendum.
0: So you were talking a lot, a lot, obviously, in your manifesto about how a lot of students feel that they've been abandoned, really, by the system. What do you think are, like, the current failings of the SU this year? And how do you feel like you could rectify them as a pres- as president next year?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a disconnect between the union and the general student body. And I feel like that's been there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I think this year, like, we did do, um, we doubled engagement in terms of, like, class rep council and, like, the Humpty Hooli, which... Um, it was massive, was brilliant. yeah it was a massive success especially like for the year that's in it to double engagement during a pandemic is such an achievement but there is still um there are still parts that we we need to be doing better on such as communication and engagement and it's how to engage the, the disengaged students because I was a disengaged student I was never a class rep I was never involved in the union at all um, like I don't get me wrong I was involved in like activism kind of stuff mm-hmm. outside of college um, but increasing awareness as to what the union actually does and making it approachable like actually talking to students you know like not just being in your office and only talking to the students that come to you mm-hmm. and I also think having things like potentially like in a year to come maybe um, a part-time officer for like our satellite campuses like Shannon campus because like I think last year Park when he was running for president was the first president to ever actually go and visit Shannon campus and wow. like, they're still NUIT students and even um, in terms of the referendums coming up on the sustainability officer like that's an area the union has been neglecting as well like there's so many different interests in the student body that the union um, I don't really think has been representing mm-hmm. so things like I mentioned there like the connection with Shannon and like sustainability officer and Doing things like, I don't know if you know, the weekly roundup on the Instagram, if we can build up social media presence and continue doing things like the weekly roundup, making sure that students actually know what's going on, like Mm -hmm. they actually know what their student union is, you know, because a lot of people don't.
0: Yeah, because that was actually a thing I was going to mention is. With a lot of people that I would kind of be talking to in, you know, we'd obviously be interviewing a lot of people about various things. And it has come up a few times that people feel like you're talking about being disconnected between the actual union and between the students. People have a bit of a feeling, especially this year, that it's very much that they'll can't, the student union campaign, they're always protesting, but what actually gets done? like. Mm how do you intend to kind of change that perception like you're talking about getting out with the people you said and actually like like how do you intend to do that if it's a case of being like we are now being um
1: remote yeah if we're remote I think it poses more of an issue but like continuing things like the weekly roundups and I think maybe having um individual officer profiles on social media mm-hmm. maybe to increase awareness of what is actually doing like what we are actually achieving um and I think like a lot of the disengaged people would be um the people that kind of go out more and like socializing more you know And mm-hmm. um, so like I have part of my manifesto on the social life which is like give um DJs like the DJ society possibly uh, platforms every week consult and um things like that and also I think if we are on campus possibly like sticker campaigns or like if there's something like extra seating or like, you know, um, I don't know, a voucher scheme or something or like yeah. free theory products. If we go around with signs or something being like the, your student union got this for you, I don't know. Um, but a lot of students, like whether it directly affects you or not, like don't realize that a lot of the things that you benefit from or as a result of student union lobbying so whether it's like extra funding in the counseling service or something like extra seating or like the free period products or the T fund which is the transition fund, like, or the laptop loan scheme there's so many things in place that people don't realize the student union had a part of and mm-hmm. that is a problem in itself that people don't realize and um, so it's definitely something that we need to sit down and work together on how we're going to engage people
0: yeah Yeah, that's that's, that's actually a good idea, because I think it's a case of, you know, it's you only know, like you're only you only know as much as you know, like and unless it's blatantly obvious. Sometimes it just goes under the radar, especially when you're running around trying to get to lectures and you're trying to get to labs and you're trying to figure out what assignment is that that's due tomorrow and not due next week. And, Mm. you know, it's definitely a good idea. Like, Like you said, like you're doing so much. So it would be good to be on the ground to show that you're doing so much because it's easy for everyone to go oh should the politicians never do anything so yeah that sounds like a, yeah I know it sounds like a really good idea um a thing that actually jumped out on me in your manifesto and I thought it was a really really good idea Um, you're talking about the socializing element was the implementing the ask ask and Ange- for Angela policy into local venues and for the students spire um can you kind of explain like your motivation behind this and for anyone who isn't really familiar with the term can you explain like where it came from and like how it works
1: yeah so the i, I was really involved with active consent this year they do shout out to them they do amazing work here on NUAT And consent is something that I am so passionate on. I think because I've been like so closely involved with like the national campaign as well this year, well Mm -hmm. last year, um, against image-based sexual abuse. It's just something that is really it shouldn't even be like there shouldn't be any taboo about it or anything. It should just be something that we're all like it should be common sense, you know. And so the Ask for Angela campaign is a campaign that started like I think it might have started in the UK, um, but been rolled out um in some places in ireland and basically um if you ask one of the so if you're like on a date or something and like you feel uncomfortable you're getting like dodgy vibes off someone you know you're just in uh what you think is like an unsafe situation you can ask one of the servers um Member of staff for Angela, and they'll call you a taxi, and they like, could bring you out the back or whatever the safest exit is in the place, and make sure you get home okay, away from the person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something the USI was mandated to like work to lobby for, us ask, ask for Angela, um, in most places, like in most college venues. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I want to implement. Obviously, this year we couldn't really because there was no salt oh. or anything. <laughs> yeah, work with uh, local venues as well. So I think it would just be so important to get that done just like just a small thing that would make students feel so much safer I think it's a really good idea and it, I thought it was very
0: it was very not pro, like progressive is the wrong word because your your manifesto is very much guided towards the students rather than I'm just saying this to say the right thing and that get elected really- and like quite like that about it so like that that just I'm all on board for that ask Angela thing so I, I do hope that people will support that. You're talking about consent there. You have in your manifesto also uh, an interesting point about doing a consent f- module on Blackboard
1: is it? Can you explain a bit about that? Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about different um and there's been some different ideas about there about like making compulsory consent modules and stuff and like compulsory consent courses. I would personally disagree with that I think it can be very um triggering for um survivors of sexual assault so yeah. the way I would approach it is to have a consent module on blackboard and work with active consent to see exactly what that module would look like but instead it would be optional mm-hmm. but the incentive there would that if would be that if students do it they get five to ten credits for their overall score so that yeah it is an incentive to actually do it but it's not compulsory for anyone that it's going to re-traumatize yeah. and I think it's really important and like the way you're saying there like my manifesto is very student focused like at the end of the day running isn't about me like it's about you it's about the students and even if I don't get elected I would still like to see these things implemented by whoever is elected.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah so um, I know you're one of your opponents James Pope is actually one of the people who is who in his manifesto has talked about doing the consent war. I think it's a workshop it's described as in um, that's the mandatory.
2: Program. Yeah,
0: compulsory so yeah. uh, consent program. Thanks, Karen, Um, That all students will have to do it or they won't be able to register for modules. Um, how do you feel about the fact that it's it's you know you either do it or you don't get to properly engage in college
1: um yeah I I disagree with it um I think it is just like I don't know if I would be able to do a compulsory consent program just like having gone through Mm -hmm. um sexual like I don't know if I would be able and college is already so stressful as it is and we're even seeing now like through my time as welfare officer um a few students came to me saying that The readings that they did had mentions of sexual assault and there was no trigger warning or anything from the lecture and it really really had an effect on them yeah I know there has been talk of like oh there will be exemptions etc but it's a um, it's a complex process like who who would oversee the exemptions and if like 600 students or so apply for exemptions then like that that's it's going to be a lot for any one member staff or even a group of Mm -hmm. staff to do because you know, like active consent stats show that over 50% of students in their first year, that's only first year of college, experience sexual harassment. So it does affect a lot of people. It is a, a prevalent issue. So I think having it optional, but having an incentive, like the extra credits for your course, I really think that's the way to go personally.
0: Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, Roisin, what what year are you actually currently in? I would be final year at the minute. You would be final year.
1: Okay. Um. Do Doing which? So I did arts, so I did Gail Gail Law and Sockham Hall, but um, now I do Law and Sockham Hall. Okay, I'd say that was interesting, was it? Yeah, it was Um, it was a lot, like very heavy, but it's, it's, I enjoy it. <laughs> what are you looking to do after college? I want to be a trade unionist, so I'm going to be a union oh. organiser.
0: <laughs> so you're getting plenty of practice then, in with working with unions, doing this. Well, I, I think your manifesto sounds absolutely brilliant, and I... Yeah, I, I, I wish you the best of luck in your campaign. And is there any links you want us to put out to people? How can people vote for you with the online system and where can they follow you and all that kind of jazz?
1: Yeah, um, so my social media is all Roisin for Prez, like for the number four. So pretty mm-hmm. really easy to find me. My link tree is Roisin for Prez. And the elections will take place from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Thursday, the 22nd, at nuagsuelections.com. And that website is available in English and in Irish. So please vote for me. <laughs>
0: Right, Roisin, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And yeah, best of luck on Thursday. Thanks so much for having me. No bother. Look after yourself. Bye bye. That brings us to the end of our show. A huge thank you to the SU presidential candidates that got back to us, Roisin, Joe and James. Best of luck in your campaigns, guys. For more info on the election, visit su.nuigalway.ie or OE Goliv on Facebook and Instagram. For more content from us, see Radio Sock Talks on Spotify, Mixcloud, and Anchor FM as well as NYG Radio Sock on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, guys, and have a nice day.
3: Cool. Uh, So, yeah, I guess i go introductions again. Uh, Joni, tell us
4: about yourself. Uh, My name is Joseph Mee, and this year I'm running for SU president. Uh, I come from Alta Prairie, come from the middle of nowhere, and, yeah, I'm doing my second in mechanical engineering, and I'm a cane leader and a class rep, and I've been involved in student activism for pretty much my entire life, back as far as being a class rep in in, uh, primary school. Makes sense. Um, So I made you want to run for this position specifically? Well, I wanted to run for president as I've been involved in uh, the Irish Technical Students Union as Welfare and Equality Officer and Deputy President. I've got a lot of experience behind me from uh, being involved in the youth sector for many, many years. And I thought this year is a year where great change could happen. I think a lot of the problems that have been there for years and years have been highlighted because a lot of students junk over... They've had enough and they're stressed and anxious already and these added things that are going wrong in the university have just been shown and I really do believe I'm the person that can solve these problems not just complain about them but actually offer solutions so and I think I can unite th- I also believe I can unite the students union in a coherent front so there's not division or there's not any strife for internal politics I want to just have a union that can function as one and that all the officers can do their jobs to the best of their ability. So are there any um, proposals to have, I
3: guess, in specific to COVID right now um, to help bring the student union together as we come back from pandemic?
4: I think the students union after COVID really needs a stabilizing force. I think I'm pretty level-headed and I think my greatest asset is my ability to show restraint on issues. I don't need to constantly attack and I look at different ways to solve things that isn't necessarily targeted, I guess. I think I'm someone that has a lot of experience in the youth sector, so I know how these organizations run and I know how to, I guess, bring people together. And I know how to work with people that I don't necessarily get on with as well, which I think is very important over COVID with all the stress and everyone's, that everyone's been under.
3: So how do you feel to Student Union um, at the moment or
4: in your experience with it, what is, how do you feel about it basically? I think the Students' Union is a brilliant force and I think a lot of the officers have done brilliant work this year, particularly given the circumstances. But there has been some amount of disorganisation and I think there's been some amount of divide within the Students' Union that, uh, you know, that, that has been a problem. And I think I think a bit more of a coherence in the Students' Union would be very good this year and I think I could bring that to it.
3: So I guess I want to go over your positions uh, and have for your manifesto. Um, is there anything in particular that feel proud of that you want to start off with?
4: Well I guess the entire manifesto uh, I'm pretty happy with because I've worked really hard to talk to all the offices last year and talk to different groups and organizations so I think I have tried to make the whole thing something I'm proud of and work to make sure it's, it's as inclusive as possible. I guess the one that's probably going to have maybe the biggest and the most fun impact on students is my COVID recovery plan. I think that's been one of the biggest issues this year is students college hasn't been fun anymore it's been an absolute drag and let alone the workload the motivation to do the work is been a struggle so I think the COVID thing could actually really help students mental health and everything and really bring us back into it and make us enjoy college again I guess through things like one of the students brought it up to me that they missed their Debs last year something that you probably wouldn't think of really but it meant a lot to a lot of people so one of the things is I want to have a Debs the college devs for the class of 2020. And I want to get clubs and societies back up and running, and really try and kickstart them and give demos and trials for students so they can experience new sports and that. Because I know myself, Jesus, I've put in a few pounds and I happened, I not I have been doing as much sport next as, as I normally would. And it's, just, I think it's, it's a product of COVID. Well, that's what I like to tell myself anyway.
3: I guess going on down from that, uh, your green initiative, do you want to expand more on that as well?
4: Yes, of course. Uh, the green initiative, I, I, I grew up in an organic small holding. I've worked in, as an agricultural labourer from as young as I can recall from my dad. And the green an issue was something that was really important to me. I also did a young scientist project on my local river. I wanted to see what animals and plants lived there when I was, when I was in uh, secondary school. And I guess, and I've always been fascinated by the natural world. Had I not gone into engineering, I definitely would have gone into something along the lines of zoology or marine conservation or something like that. So the Green Initiative kind of focuses on increasing sustainability and biodiversity on campus, things like pollinator zones and wildlife areas. So it's not just this sterile environment that we're so used to in the college, this kind of mowing grass. It doesn't really make sense and I don't think it fits the modern idea of what landscaping should be. I also want to make sure that the restaurants and the cafes are more sustainable. So things like having vegan options that are actually nice to eat and enjoyable. So students, it's not a penance. It's something that they want to do because it's just a better option. Uh, And you
3: find, looking back at lots of uh, elections, that there's always a proposal for making green spaces on the campus. Is there something that you feel makes itself unique from these past promises that have been partly put into fruition?
4: Very much so. I've been agricultural labourer and an organic smallholding since I, was, I think I started working with my dad when I was six years of age, six or seven I was out working and my dad's the head grower of uh, GIY in Waterford. Uh, they have a show on RT e. called Grow, Cook, Eat. So my background and this is a very kind of a step-by-step process to improve these green spaces. I know how to do them because I've worked summers creating them and other places so I'm not coming for this as someone that kind of said this is a nice idea I'm coming from with, with someone that has a lot of experience doing things like this already and has a lot of knowledge of the different types of plants and animals that create pollinator zones and create habitats plus my young scientist research on my local river really assessed environments and the different things that are necessary to create a good ecosystem so it's about creating good ecosystems, not always just things that look nice or can be good for promotion and stuff like that. It has to actually be good for wildlife. And
3: as for getting the college to agree to allocate these areas for greeneries, do you feel you can convince the college to do that?
4: <laughs> well,
3: using college will do things
4: if it looks, looks good for them. So if you can package a deal where these are the environments you're going to create and do it at as minimal cost as possible, the university can use as a promotional tool as well so I'm going to try and make plans that are find ways to finance them look at external bodies that might want to come in and help us assist us do these things and try and make it as positive for the university as possible because I think they will want to do this it's more about funding and organization so if we can try and provide those things I think they will be very forthcoming on this I think it's a bulls thing at the minute so I think they'll want to jump on the bandwagon in terms of the university's motivation. As
3: a president you need to be seen
4: as approachable by much of the student body
3: um, and much of that as being diverse and caring to uh, students of all backgrounds. Um, How do you feel you stand out or just are an approachable person to all students?
4: Well I've been a class rep for the last two years and I've worked in the different students, I worked in the second level students union and I've always had an approach of being, I've always been very approachable there but more so I'm a student that had dyslexia, had a speech impediment. My family struggled in the recession like many others. So I'm very much a grounded person that I can kind of understand a lot of people's perspective on stuff because I've struggled myself and I know the kind of help and support that people might need like. And I've approached all the offices in the SU looking for interviews. And I've talked to them and tried to understand what individual students in each of the colleges need and want. So I've tried to make my manifesto. And also, if you look at my social media, you see a team. You don't just see me as an individual. I've worked with people and got them to help me develop my ideas and opinions. So from the day one, I've looked for outside counsel and assistance to develop everything I'm doing because I think that's incredibly important. And I think that Transparency Union will be incredibly important going forward. And I would hope people will be very comfortable approaching me and talking to me about everything they want to.
3: Um, I guess there are some students from certain uh, social and physical groups or whatever, um, who may feel they would need a bit more representation than just someone who represents everyone. Um, for example, it's been shown in the past year that bigotry uh, against the LGBTQI community is still alive and strong on NUI. Um, looking at disability access uh, on NUI is just atrocious. For those two groups alone, um, is there, is there specifically you feel you give to either of those groups or both of those groups?
4: So the two groups you mentioned uh, physical physical access to the university is a struggle for a lot of students. One of the first things you want to do is there's a, in the strategic plan of the university there's accommodations for putting in wheelchair-friendly doors. Now that's something that can be done that would very much help people in wheelchairs. We want to look at other ways like having ramps and everything put in place to make the university wheelchair accessible and if, or not even just wheelchair, but people that are maybe less physically abled, they can find their way around the university effectively and easily. Because campus has to be accommodating for those things. Another thing in my manifesto for the LGBTQI plus community is accommodation for all-encompassing sexual health and education. It seems to be almost of this belief that people in that community don't have sex, they do. So why the hell are we not talking about it? Why the hell is there not good resources and good facilities for them? It makes no sense. And I think it comes from a kind of an ignorance that comes from it almost like a lack of understanding it just seems to be very oppressive and unnecessary as well really so for those two groups you mentioned that's what I'll do to help them but more so I think for a lot of students that may have difficulties in education and experience barriers in education I want to bring in this idea of universal design for learning so it's about trying to accommodate everyone in a way that is that not just helps people that struggle, but helps the general community as well. And makes things, it allows for uh, like lessons to be put up in multiple different formats that help students that have different learning abilities that uh, like visual or audio style communication. So it's kind of, I guess the universal learning is about making it better for people with disabilities and with learning difficulties, but at the same time, helping everyone else as well. I think that's, that is it's easier to do and I think it will back that up a bit
3: more. Uh, moving on to another topic, um, some of your uh, opposition, Roisin and James, um, a big part of their campaigns is a uh, consent workshops. Um, the big difference between that Roisin is more of an opt-in, whereas James is more of an opt-out. Uh, is anything you feel that you provide um, for people who would have that uh, issue going forward?
4: Well, I believe it should be opt-in. I do believe, I don't think uh, for people that have been victims of doing things that they should have to do these things, because it's, it's very stressful. But what I'm going to do that's different to both of those candidates, is I'm going to have a more general approach to it, have all-encompassing sexual health and education. So it doesn't just focus on consent, it focuses on how to develop healthy relationships, healthy sexual relationships with others. How to do things like, you know, how to chat to people, how to approach people, not just this focus on consent, but a wider thing. Consent is within that, but I think it needs to be a wider conversation that's had and wider trainings that are there, not just to make it consensual, but to make it fun. I don't know when sex stops being fun like. It should just be something that's enjoyable for people.
3: So Do you believe that would be enough of an incentive for people to go to these workshops or do you think they need more of an incentive?
4: Uh, there could be some ways to incentivize people to go, but I don't think you can make it mandatory because people that have been in these situations are, it might bring up past traumas, and I don't want that to happen. Of course, yeah. it could, there could be ways to incentivize, and I would have to look into that, but it, it simply cannot be mandatory. Glad
3: to hear think. your opinion on that. Um, so I guess one thing that we need to talk about as a society is um, the upcoming referendum on the levy. Uh, do you have a stance on that referendum as of yet? This has been recorded on Sunday, even though it's posted on the Tuesday. Um, so, at the moment, do you have an opinion on the student le- upcoming, upcoming
4: referendum on the student levy? I would urge people to look at the facts and the data and come up with their own conclusions. However, I will give you my conclusion. I will be voting in the favour of the student levy. Because, quite uh, well, sorry, I will be voting uh, to remove, uh, how do I phrase this? Because I'm not, uh, I, I'm voting yes in the upcoming referendum. I believe the student levy is a barrier that should not be in place. Our student levy is higher than any other institution in the country. We are paying for things that as a student union, we should not pay for. I do believe the societies and clubs should be, uh, that, that I do understand why they would be worried because they're worried that the university will try and pull funds from elsewhere, that they'll remove funds from clubs and societies, but yet the underfund clubs and societies are ready. And we can't simply be weak as a students' union we have to say enough is enough. And they have to provide these things. And this idea that they don't have any money is, is a lie. They have 260 million in reserves. So quite frankly, this idea that they would have to take from somewhere else is a lie. And it's, it's put in place to, I think, scaremonger. And I think that's wrong. And also I, I come from, like in the recession, my family were really hardly hit by it. And we didn't have money for things like this. If they said we have to pay, pay an extra 100 euros in the student levy, we couldn't have done it. We couldn't have afforded it. And there's families living in hotel rooms and everything like that, and they're they're expected to pay this. Mm-hmm. But it's what's you, about Susie?
3: Then I'd be interested. What do you believe? Do you believe that the reallocation of the funds is correct, or do you believe it should be done in a
4: different way? I, mm. I believe that's around Cultist the, Namak the Lane and how that fund's been rearranged. Mm. I, I I believe that's probably what you're talking about. Yeah. Well. So. The thing is, the original idea of this was to, uh, to renovate and then the upkeep of that building. That's what that, that section was there for. Anything else that it's been spent on up to date has been misuse of funds, because quite simply, the upkeep did not cost that much so to decide to use it elsewhere. That is not provided for in it. That's never the intention of it. And quite frankly, it's ridiculous that we have to pay for it in the first place. Students' unions don't pay for upkeep of building. All the other buildings in the university have to be have to be, uh, have to be kept up, you know, there has to be upkeep done on them. But the university pays for that, and that's what was expected in other institutions.
3: The main fear I've heard, the main fear I have going forward is, personally, is that it's not that the building won't be maintained, but it's that the student, the university will say, well, it's not being provided by the student levy. So they will say, well, commercial entities are paying for the maintenance by using it, and then we will get more, of what happened with Claire Byrne, where their interview took over the entire building and students had lost access to that for the day. Um, that's the biggest fear with losing Rutgers Park. Not that it won't be maintained, but that it won't be as accessible for students
4: as it has been uh, up to this. Quite date. frankly, quite frankly speaking on that, with the fact Claire Byrne happened last year, they took it over. This, regardless of whether we yeah. paid for the building or not. So the, it's not that the university isn't uh, is holding back in corporate events because you know, the students union it it's quite frankly, I don't think they're getting quite the appetite for it. So I think this is a false threat, really, by them. I think if they got loads of co-op companies wanting to use it, I think they probably would have, would they go for it, to be honest? And I don't think us paying for it or not will change their mind on that.
3: Uh, there are some things they just couldn't have when we're funding it, that they have more of a say-to-say now, such as access to the Cube upstairs uh, and the Hub, both Hubs, and so on, that will be cut. <laughs> Um well
4: those two buildings are a lot smaller, those two areas are a lot smaller. They're smaller function areas, and I don't think the university would be in their interest to use those as much. The Bailey Allen Hall is a big thing, and that's a big thing we'd want to, you know, help. And I don't think I don't think there's gonna be huge appetite to use the hall for events. It's a very small area, it's a social area. I I I really don't think it's gonna be, you know, very popular to rent that out, and I don't think they're gonna do that. I think that would be very spiteful on behalf of the university to do something like that. I think what clubs and societies are really worried about is the university's retribution. For us saying, no more, we're not going to pay for this. And we can't be scared of the university. The university's retribution against us. It doesn't, it's not fair, and students should be allowed to say no. And the Students' Union is there to defend clubs and societies. And I would defend them against actions taken like that by the university.
3: Okay, Um, so if a yes vote comes through, you say your main priority going forward will be protecting student spaces. um, In favour of that,
4: if the levy goes forward, absolutely, I would work tirelessly to protect uh, the student uh, access to facilities for students, and also fight to protect clubs and societies. Quite frankly, they cannot be affected by this.
3: And say if a no vote comes through. how do you feel, plan going forward in regards to the student levy? It will be something to put to put aside or will be something you will try and work at again from a different angle?
4: If, uh, if a no bro- uh, vote is put it forward, I will respect that. I understand that people will be worried about it. And I wouldn't understand that Clubs and Societies in particular will be concerned. So if a no vote bro- brought through, that's the will of the students. And I think I would try to work with Clubs and Societies to maybe bring forward a better plan for reducing the student levy. But I do believe it needs to be reduced. Mm-hmm and maybe look for assurances from the university that they wouldn't, uh, that it wouldn't affect the club society if it was brought through this reduced reduction. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the main criticism coming forward is that it's not that it's being lowered, it's not that it's being lowered, because everyone of course wants it lower in uh, student levy. It's that the cons- there was no real consultation with the parties affected by lowering the costs. Um, so a lot of them are confused and a bit worried about the lack of funding so-so, or the d- difference in funding so-so. Um, also, it's, so,
4: yeah. also on, yeah. the university have terrible clubs and societies no one will come to it you have to kind of think who has a lot to lose from this if the university slashes funding to clubs and societies and they no longer function correctly, people will not want to go to NUIG and it's certainly within the interest of the university to make sure they've got high numbers and they've got a high caliber of students so they have to be worried about this too it's not just us and I think sometimes you have to call people's block and not be afraid to do so but then also work to protect people okay uh
3: i guess that's very comprehensive opinion thank you for that uh so i say we're running out of time now so where can people find you now that you aren't on the concourse
4: now I'm not on concourse you can find me you can find me on instagram facebook twitter discord uh, it is hashtag trust me and a lot of my and my names are jomi for prayers as well on those so okay. look me up and I've got loads of video and content up there explaining in quite detail what I want to achieve and how I want to achieve it as well. So not just complaints, but solutions are included in my social media. Cheers. Thank you. Um, Thank you
3: very much for coming on with us.
4: That brings
0: us to the end of our show. A huge thank you to the SU presidential candidates that got back to us, Roisin, Joe and James. Best of luck in your campaigns, guys. For more info on the election, visit su.nuigalway.ie or OE Goliv on Facebook and Instagram. For more content from us, see Radio Sock Talks on Spotify, Mixcloud, and Anchor FM as well as NYG Radio Sock on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, guys, and have a nice day. Hi James, how are you getting
2: on? I'm good, I'm Jason, how are you?
0: Ah, not too bad, yeah, can't really complain, the sun's shining Yeah The college work is building up, but we're going to not talk about that Yeah, and yeah. yeah How are you feeling about the election on Thursday anyway?
2: um, I don't know, some days some days I feel very confident in it, and then some days I don't But I suppose that's normal, but you know, like I don't know, I'm happy that I decided to run anyway Because I actually have enjoyed campaigning so far um That's but yeah good. Some, some days are a lot different to others oh.
0: yeah have you been involved in the seo before
2: no so i've had literally no involvement in um seo politics at all so yeah so
0: so what pushed you if you don't mind me asking to go for president
2: yeah so i went yeah so i decided to go for president because i thought that obviously it's the most effective position for me to get um through and in my third year, I studied in America and experienced a lot of great services there mm-hmm. that I noticed weren't in NUIG So I wanted to implement them here, and I thought that this was the best way of doing it. Um, yeah. So, so
3: yeah, uh, You said you had no real position in the student union uh, previously. Uh, how did you feel about student union in your previous years before uh, taking on the election?
2: Well, I didn't feel like it was a very um, approachable place. I suppose. Um, now that might have been down to probably my own self-confidence like you know i wanted to engage in um, student politics um but probably didn't have the self-confidence necessary to kind of stand to be a class rep or convener um but i always kind of felt like uh due to the fact that i didn't go into it straight away that i kind of be just viewed as an outsider if mm-hmm. i if i ran but yeah no, definitely in the last two years it's been on my mind it's been on my mind a lot and it's something that i wanted to do and um, yeah, I'm fortunate enough now that I do have the self confidence to run for the top position. So um, yeah, look, you know, my 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 viewpoint on the SU hasn't changed since um, I decided to run. I do think it's a bit of a click, to be honest. But
0: yeah, we've actually had it said um, a few times. Like we've done a few of these, and it has been said that it seems to be very obvious that there's a disconnect between the actual students and the student union. That they, you know, they say to be representing the students but most students don't feel like they're heard or you know and in a year where we're kind of being scapegoated as the the problem and where nothing's really been done for us like we're kind of been left out in the water a bit like do you do you feel like there is a a real disconnect like you're saying that it's a bit of a like it's it's a click do you think you could change that perception in the general populous with students that it's not a click and that it is approachable like you said that you never felt like it was very approachable
2: yeah well yeah I do I do think that um many people do feel alienated from college life without a doubt like um, mm. uh you know many people don't have the self confidence or the some people just don't have the drive to be a part of those things may not know that they have interests in societies and clubs and other organizations but they don't know that it's there. And, you know, they can feel alienated and people have definitely connected with me about that over the course of the last few weeks. It's something that most people actually connect with. They agree with me on it. And it's just kind of, I suppose they've never, I don't know, if, is it that the fact that they have never seen someone in the SU that they feel like they can relate to or someone who is approachable or... Whoever, but yeah, I think I can be that person to I, I can relate to the vast majority of people. And I am generally an approachable person. So I think that that's what I can bring to it.
3: Yeah, you do have an um, looking back student life as like a part of your manifesto. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh and some of it's pretty good. Like uh you mentioned you want refreshers of orientation for the current first years who would have missed out on it being yeah. in a pandemic. But uh the rest of it in kind of that section just seems maybe some parts just seem like there's something that previous uh, it, uh, presidents have tried and um, they just can't put in there like lobbying to get Christmas Day back or rap Week back. Mm. Do you really see the possibility of that actually coming into fruition?
2: Well, I think we found ourselves in such a weird time frame now and obviously we talked about how students have um, been scapegoated and, you know, I like speaking from my own personal experience, like I think the last time I went drinking with any of my friends was in December and I probably have, haven't seen any of them since. And uh, I think there is a strong argument that could be made in reopening this year that we could have the best chance of getting things like that back i think rag week might be a bit of a push yeah um, but i do think that christmas day is achievable and i'm going to do it in a way that i'm going to look back on newspaper articles and reports and seeing things like crime rates injury rates um reports Guardia reports on the surrounding community and see the effect that it has and comparing them with the official years and the unofficial years yeah um to see what the differences is because i think it is uh, beneficial for the surrounding community in particular to have it on campus especially in the early hours of the days especially on Christmas day like I mean you can ha- you can have that subjected to campus until maybe nine ten o'clock at night and that alleviates such a problem for people um in the surrounding community
0: yeah it's actually interesting that you that you said that you went about it like that with the and though years it was official and years it was unofficial because I was actually going to make a point about the like it's there's always been a negative perception with the wider wider community and with the college of what Christmas day looks like and how they're viewed because of Christmas day and negative perceptions are hard to change so how would you kind of go about changing that obviously you're going to have your stats about injury rates and all that but you know stats don't always Kind of hit them, yeah, you know, with the wider demographic. So, how would you be kind of implementing that strategy to get both back up and run? Obviously, yeah. Rag Week is a bit harder, but you know, let's yeah. just focus on yeah. Christmas Day,
2: yeah. So, I think that a, a negative perception in terms of um, the surrounding community is already put on the college, regardless of whether it's official or not. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the negative perception of management, um, truth is. I don't think you can change their negative perception on it but I think we should be I uh, should be able to propose it in a way that it out, that the positives can outweigh the negatives if that's, if that's possible by obviously having the charitable element to it obviously having the incentive that you know hopefully by that at that point about on that date that we will be open and students deserve something like this considering the hardship that we've gone through over uh, the course of the last what 12 13 14 months so I think that there is positives that can outweigh that negative mindset about it without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I agree. I th- I think I think you've made a like a very solid point about it that look, you you know you're not going to change everyone's minds but if you just like you said emphasize the good rather than the bad, mm. you know, hopefully they might kind of move a little on it even if you know it might be just a case of small steps for the bigger goal that it won't completely get pulled back to the original concept but you might get a step closer to that goal yeah absolutely pretty good um you're you were like kieran said you're very much on the case of helping students and you know that it's the students are in focus rather than everything else um Mm. what is your thoughts on the upcoming referendum with the student levy
2: so i openly supported a yes vote and I asked students to vote yes. Okay. But I feel like it was a p- portrayed to me by the SU as only doing good. And I don't believe that to be the case anymore. I think that we can all agree that a reduction in the levy is re- desirable. But I don't yes. think it's been tabled correctly. You know, everyone agrees we shouldn't be paying for the sports centre. You know, that point is clear. But the cut in funding to the Students Project Fund and RSNA McLean doesn't seem to be thought through. I think I have mm-hmm. to to attend... Um, the information meetings with the Soxbox. And it was really informative. You know, a lot of things annoyed me about the way in which the referendum had been proposed. Mm-hmm. Just have, you know, everyone know that the Soxbox meeting was done in a very informative way and there was no bias in what they were saying. You know, and this is coming from someone who was an outside perspective too, because I'm not a committee member of the society. But the fact that the committee members were, weren't consulted concerns me as it does directly affect them. Um, mm-hmm. And another aspect which annoyed me was finding out that middle ground offer was made by the university and it wasn't even considered by the students union In that they
0: sorry to interrupt what was the middle ground offer do you know
2: yeah so the middle ground offer was um it was proposed that the levy could be reduced to 174 euro with the kingfisher fund being reduced by 50 percent over eight years and the students projects funds and iris de mclean didn't receive um any cuts you know that that to me is a much more favorable referendum it's something that I think way more students, including committee members, would agree on, and it annoys me that that wasn't even considered. Like, why? Like, I think that's a problem with the SU. Okay. And it's really important that we call out the university on their management because it can be really harmful to students. But there has to be the consultation from our side as well, and being able to come to the table and negotiate with them because that's what's in that's what's what's in students' interests. You know all well and good to be you know doing doing the people pleasing things and constantly calling out the university which I think damages the relationship a lot but yeah. I think it's really important to get that that aspect down that aspect done where we're able to consult and negotiate with them about these issues and the fact that that wasn't even considered is an example of why is an example of, of that that isn't happening and it's not like it uh, speaking from an outside perspective as well it doesn't look like that's happening anyway mm-hmm. anything so you know that's that was the thing that annoyed me the most because that just seems like like a much more favorable referendum to vote on and i think now they're constitutionally bound to continue with this referendum and okay. they're going to campaign for a yes vote but i think i don't i don't, know, I, don't, I, don't I think it hasn't been thought from i think you can see i've seen on twitter and obviously, obviously I've, seen, I've attended those meetings and i can see that if students aren't happy with it and you know the the word fear mongering is being used a lot by the university but the fact is the, you know these these fears aren't being put by the university. These fears are being put by students. So
0: yeah, it's not really being like considered from the from the students' point of view. I always find that you know we're only really getting part of the story, and that's what I you know I'm going back mm-hmm. to the point of the disconnect between the students themselves and the union. Of you only really hear about these things until when the decision is made that doesn't make any sense towards yeah. the actual students.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um. You. So from my hearings, like you're. You started on yes, and I don't know, are you, like, on the fence now and you want to see maybe the uh, the debates on Monday, or are you fully no at this point?
2: So right now, at this moment in time, I'm definitely leaning no. Okay. But,
3: okay.
2: but I'm not going to... Which I'm Put down on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm going to make a public statement on it, probably Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, about what okay. we would like people to vote, because I am going to tend all the... I'm going to tend everything that I can mm-hmm. on... Sessions and I'm going to attend that debate between um, Park and the and the Burster. um because <laughs> you know I've kind of learned from the mistake of just getting my my information from one source. Um, so I'm not going to make that mistake again, and I'm going to get all the information that I possibly can about it.
3: So if a uh, no vote goes through, and you also say we, you elected, would you be pursuing the fifty percent cap, or would you be trying to have a new referendum where we? actually consult the parties affected like the student pilot fund and the societies um to get like a more favorable referendum altogether rather than percent cap.
2: yeah i think 100 that if i am elected we should bring a referendum to reduce it and that is the way that i would look to reduce it it's consultation with everyone that it affects you know that i can't believe that it that they, they weren't consulted and it, it's it's ridiculous so yeah that's that's the viewpoint that I would That's the manner in which I go about it. I consult with all the committee members of um, clubs and societies, and we're together to see what their opinions on it are. Obviously, you're going to have differing opinions, in
0: mm, everywhere.
2: Yeah, every yeah, every, yeah everywhere. <laughs> but that's normal. It would be weird if everyone. Yeah. So.
0: It'd be a core boring world.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. So uh, yeah, I th- I. That's that's definitely the 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 manner in which I go about it. Um. But yeah, you know, I think. I think doing it that way and doing it in the 50% cap are just two better options than the option that we have now, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, I think that's very good. Um, just, this is, it's kind of a bit off topic, but you seem to be very much like an SU candidate who recognizes the, the importance of the of the societies. And I'm just wondering, like, are you for your, like your fourth, fourth year corporate law, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Um, have you always been deeply involved in societies yourselves or clubs or?
2: So I was like every other first year when we uh, went into societies, uh, societies days and I signed up for absolutely everything.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: uh, yeah. And I
2: still, get, I still get emails for them, but like, you know, yeah. uh, no, it's just something that it's just something that never, it just n- never really, I never really engaged with and I wish that I did, you know, that's one thing that I regret now that I'm like, I'm going to be done and what. For a month like uh, I didn't engage any of that and it's a regret that I have but look that was just down to that was just down to uh, time time yeah time obviously yeah time was a big one to be honest I feel like I have a lot of time on my hands and uh, um, especially in the early parts of the semester so I wouldn't say that would be the big would have been the biggest issue for me but like you know I'm from the city I had my I had my friend group and it was (laughs) you know it was kind of hard to like. Look, I, they're my friends, and I and I love all of them, but they're hard to break break away from. And, yeah, you know, you just get com- you just get comfortable, and I suppose.
0: I would say you're not alone in that. Like I know a lot of a lot of people that are kind of in a similar situation where they they were from Galway, and it you know, like we were only talking about this, was it with Roisin earlier, Kieran? And she was saying um, about how societies have been important for people, especially who like live very far away from college. So you're literally being taken completely out of one bubble and thrown into a much bigger bubble and mm. you're expected to cope and, um, you know, and make a whole new life for yourself. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great to hear that you're as, like, w- while you didn't have the whole, you know, I'm in every second society, and I'm on this committee, and I'm on that committee, that you still recognize, like, how vitally important it is for a lot of people that, like, oh, this is where we make our friends, and, like, I'm coming from Wicklow, and I didn't know anyone going to college, so it was huge for me, and I, I know it was huge for a lot of people, and it's great to hear that you've such a vested interest in it. Um, Cause that would be a huge selling point. Cause I don't know anyone who's not involved in at least one society.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Um, just looking at your manifesto, your manifesto was really interesting. Uh, first off. Um, I was looking at the, you wouldn't, you intend to try and fight back against the 4% rent increase. And mm-hmm. um, This has been kind of, it's like Kieran said earlier, there's a few things that have been bounced around over the years from SU candidates and SU presidents and such about trying to do this, Um, but no one's really made it the strategy, like made a strategy to bring it into reality. It's just kind of been the topic of discussion, the hashtag. NUYG and all these things how do you kind of plan on actually putting this in place
2: you know I'm I'm realistic and I'm logical um I know that you know power that I ha- that I would have as SU president does not extend to me deciding whether a rent increase happens or not mm-hmm. um protest is obviously um might what I say an effective way it's I mean it's it's an option there that you could i think the camp out protests and the quad was um effective in that but like you know the that's really the only option you know and Mm -hmm. i think the fact that i am from the city i i do know an awful lot of um politicians here i know a lot of uh, city councillors and county councillors and tds and now i don't know them that that personally well i know some of them personally well um and i use those politicians that i know personally well to get my point across um, and I could, that's, that's as much, that's as much as I can do. That's that's as, as best a strategy I can do. I'm not going to, you know, lie. You're not going
0: to fix the problem.
2: Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to lie and misrepresent that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop the rent increase then that, you know, that this is how I'm going to do it because the fact is I don't have the power to do that.
0: Yeah, no that's fair. So you're going to go and you're you're going to try and do it that way. That's fair enough. Um would you be kind of thinking along the same ways against protecting students against evictions because I know you have mentioned that as well. Um that would yeah. kind of be a similar thing you'd be trying to do. Yeah. So
2: way. I think a big part of that is educating students on, on their rights and obligations. You know, I'm, I'm a fourth year corporate law student and it's only this year that I've done um, a module on that. And I would have had absolutely no idea what my rights as a tenant are, what my obligations are, and very importantly, what my obligations are a tenant are as well. Mm -hmm. And importantly, what landlord's rights and obligations are. So creating a handbook like that, that's condensed, updated, and that's sent out to every student. You know, you don't go looking for it. It's sent out to every student in an ebook format. So that you have it there um, and then obviously workshops I think educating students about you know if they're put in this situation um, where they're evicted or they're being threatened with evictions to know what their rights are and what their landlord's obligations are and as well you know that comes into uh, play with absolutely everything if there's um, you know if there's maintenance repairs and things like that that have to be done like you know your, your landlord is obligated to repair them mm-hmm. you know so it's just it's it's aspects like that that if students know, then they'll be in a better situation to not get abused by their landlord.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good idea, actually. I've I haven't heard um, that being put forward at all. So that that would be very um very well taken on, I'd say by a lot of people because like it's it's bad when you have to have done a course in it to know and be educated mm, properly about yeah. it because it's you know a lot of a lot of students live away from home like that's kind of the bread and butter I think of yeah of it because a lot of people just try and get away from home and yeah. you know get a bit <laughs> independent so yeah. yeah that that's a very important thing I think you've kind of found and yeah that's that's a that's a very, that will be welcomed, I'd say, very much.
3: Workshops there. Yeah. On topic of workshops there, you brought up a uh, compulsory, you have under like compulsory consent program, which is where yeah. the students watch five videos, um, have to answer uh, questions on the videos, and they can't register for modules. So they complete this. Uh yeah. Your Roisin also has like a similar one, but she would have what's a softer version of it where it's more of an opt in, whereas you have it as compulsory. Yeah. Uh, Roisin's argument for having it opt in is that um maybe students who were sensitive to that those kind of topics uh Mm -hmm. may find that stressing uh is there any response you'd have to that first
2: yeah well i suppose i'll just go into detail about the consent program because it's important that i do on this um so the compulsory consent program i'm proposing is it's comprised of five video segments which show hypothetical scenarios factual figures on consent rape sexual assault sexual harassment and the correct use of pronouns so after each video set segment, students are required to answer questions on the video they have just watched, and they have to get the questions right in order to progress to the next segment. And once you've completed all the segments, you're done. So, the compulsory element is achieved in my proposal by making this part of the registration process of the college. So, you go on to choose your mod- modules as you normally would, but you'll only be able to do that once you've completed this, um, this program. So, once it's complete, you can choose your modules. You know, of course, survivors who have been traumatized by the program can opt out of the program so there is an exemption procedure and there's no need to give reasons for your exemption so this is a program that i did when i was studying in the united states it's a tried and tested program it's done in this compulsory manner um it's in place across hundreds of universities in the united states it's shown to be very effective the program itself is done in a very sensitive and caring way and there's actually quite a, a large community of uh, students from the u.s who are in NUIG, which i actually didn't know about but they've that this is something that they've connected with and they've said is really important that we bring in here because obviously they've heard about it because they're from there and they're friends mm. and they know how important it is and and how effective it can be and I think look you know there's 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 lots of incidents as to why this is um, it's important to bring in this compulsory element it's you know consent programs and workshops of on consent at the moment you know, it's very hard to engage the people who need to be engaged on it and Mm. need to be educated on it young men I'm, I'm a young man i know like you know i know from my own experience i'm not going to engage in an optional consent program i'm not i'm like i'm just not going to do that educate educating young men on this it, it has to be done in a compulsory way because it's the only way that young men are going to engage in this program you know there's just there's just when you're entering college there's too many other things that you're distracted by you're more concerned going down and sucking eight pints down at the college bar rather than doing a consent program and i think that Having it, having it as a compulsory element is really necessary in educating young men on it. And the fact that, you know, it's been, it's been suggested that it will be, that it could be problematic for survivors. There's, an op, there's a clear opt-out policy on it. And, um, you know, there's no reason to give, uh, there's no, there's no, you know.
0: There's no need to give a reason. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. And people have said, uh, one person has said, I should say that, you know, well, does this mean that people won't abuse that exemption policy? Well, the fact is, I knew that I could be exempt from it, but I didn't abuse it. I sat down and I did it. And I know how, fantastic it is at educating me on it because of my own personal personal education on it and i know how effective it is you know Mm -hmm. it's it's so it's really really good because there's this there's this viewpoint on rape and consent which is something that i've actually studied this year in criminal law and you have this it's what's called the the real rape scenario so everyone has this idea of their head of what rape is that it's you know the real rape areas it's a stranger it's at night it's violent but the fact is that's not true at all you know it's you know it can be something that you know very well done in much more subtle way. Like, you know, so I think informing people about that, and particularly young men, will reduce instances of this happening in the future. And that's that's I think that, that it will be effective in doing that. I think that it will reduce incidents like this happening in the future.
0: That's a good answer. Yeah, that
2: is a good answer. Obviously I have to I had to cut it down a little bit in my manifesto because yeah
0: oh I've, of course space and yeah. and such and yeah. 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 So, so that's I why we're understand. doing this. That's why we're doing this, yeah. James. Yeah. Because it's very hard to tell off of a lot of manifestos and there is a perception with the SU that a lot of people have of that oh yeah they talk the talk but can they walk the walk
1: you yeah, know that they'll yeah.
0: just put everything in that we all want to hear they'll find the most current issues and talk about them but when you hear it being explained like that you can kind of go right it's, it's not just, I'm going to put this down to get elected. I, th- I think that's very that's a very interesting point you've made.
3: Another thing you seem to just gloss over that probably you can expand on here is in your mental health services, you say you want to give Samaritan's free reign uh, on our yeah. campus. Uh, do you want to go into more detail about that?
2: Yeah, so this was something that was done in GMIT. Um, so giving Samaritan's free reign on campus means that they are able to come onto our campus, set up a stand, um, go into lecture halls and interrupt interrupt the lecture. Obviously at the beginning, they're not going <laughs> to come in. <brand laughs> and, uh, uh, and, Excuse uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, they can come in before the lecture starts and speak to two, students for um, five to 10 minutes to spread awareness of their program. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're, you're in a lecture hall with how many, it could be 100, 200 people, and there could be just one person there who's just... Not having a good day, not been having a good week, month, you know, and having someone come in and spread awareness of their of their service could literally be a lifesaver for people. So um it's yeah, something that GM, GMIT have done. And it's actually something that was proposed to NUIG before. And the I'm not certain what year it was now. It was definitely not this year, and it wasn't the year, um, wasn't two years ago, but it was proposed to the university. And I think the university were in favor of um adopting it. But the what I understand, the Students Union and the counselling services um kind of said kind of had the mindset that oh we have this covered so we don't we don't need it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Jeez, that's bad. Okay. Uh
2: which I think is a terrible mindset to have, but yeah, it.
0: like sorry, I don't know I don't have words now. Um you kind of shot me with that one. Uh yeah, I that's a really bad mindset to have, especially given like, you know, takeaway this year, this year has been diabolical for mental health for yeah, a plethora of reasons like that you know we won't go into because we are we are all aware of what's going on but mm. you know mental health isn't is isn't this newfangled concept like it's always been a really big issue yes it probably was it was stigmatized and it wasn't talked about which is absolutely shocking but yeah you know the fact like, like the fact that we've evolved so much in recent years to think that was kind of said by by a governing body of a college is quite shocking
2: yeah um I thought so well. not every,
0: I not everyone is willing to go like the counseling service is a great service i'm not saying that but it's intimidating like no like it takes a lot of bravery to admit that you're having a crappy time yeah and absolutely bring yourself forward to the to the counseling service like if you want to make a big thing of it um mm. so that kind of concept that like you're talking about about the booth that people can just have a chat and through that they might get a bit more com- confidence to go, look, I'm kind of having a bit of a crappy time of it. This is what's been happening. Da-da-da. How can I get help with this? That it's not like you're going into a like house thing like the student yeah. council is in Galway. And, you know, maybe not everyone's comfortable with that. And it gives people... Yes more of an option i think what yeah from what you're saying
2: yeah and f- added on to the mental health services like you know i proposed as well um for a for an annual mental health web chat for that exact reason because like you know it's it's very easy to say well if you're feeling down go avail of the counseling service well mm-hmm. you know not easy to do and you know this is a- an anonymous web chat and it's operated by students themselves so you train students um in this area and that is one of the best benefits of the policy so you have more students on campus who are trained um to deal
0: with scenarios like that
2: yeah mental health training so then this just creates a a more open atmosphere for people to speak about their problems Mm -hmm. um you know and I think this is just my own opinion now as well but I think that if a web chat was set up that's operated by students that this person who's feeling down would feel a lot more comfortable that they're talking to someone who they can relate to yeah their students also. So I think that it has, I think it has a lot of benefits to organize that. And I think, you know, as we said, coming out of this year, I think, I I don't think that this pandemic hasn't, has affected, it's affected absolutely everyone's mental health. It has in in varying degrees, Mm -hmm. but everyone's mental health. And I think that it's a per, it's perfect timing to be able to implement something like this, because I think you will have such a massive enrollment of volunteers for it. I, you know, I think, I think it's a, uh, an amazing opportunity to bring it in.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Since you're not on hey. the
2: concourse this year, where can people? Find you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh so uh my main uh platform is um Instagram so if you know if people want to find out more the handle is hope for SU president. Um that's
3: all words so no numbers.
2: No 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 nothing. Just pope for SU president and yeah so I explain I think I have my housing policy to explain and that's the only thing I have to explain. So everything else is explained. It's done in videos or just an infographic um on some of them so yeah that's it. if people want to find out more they can head to that page and um I explain everything on it
0: and people can dm you if they have any queries or questions yeah. and all that kind of stuff
2: 100 100 and I encourage people to do that because um I like it when people dm me and even if they criticize me that's <laughs> important as well like you know I need to um I need to have different viewpoints in order for me to be able to get my point across like so i think any type of um, well, as long as people aren't just coming in and just berating me with insults <laughs> uh, yeah. you know uh you know yeah i hope that people would uh dm me yeah of course they're always open
0: perfect well james i think you've given us all um a lot of food for thought there that was very very interesting um and oh, all we can say is just best of luck on thursday and we hope you get the support you deserve
2: thank you very much i appreciate it and thanks for uh inviting me on to this It's a really good really good idea
0: no bother. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's it's been it's something I'm hoping that we do every year now after this because it's it's been a learning curve for us. But I think I think yeah. I've I've enjoyed it anyway,
3: Kieran. Of you. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's been good. Also
0: yeah, Right. Have a nice day, James. Anyway, and best of luck on Thursday.
2: Okay. Thanks very much. And same to you.
0: Bye bye. As well as the election of full time officers on Thursday, the twenty second of April, there will also be a referendum on reducing the student levy. As a society, we have decided to release a statement on this referendum and the proposed reduction of the student levy as delivered by our treasurer,
3: Kieran Donahue. On Thursday, the 22nd of April, NUIG students will be asked to vote on a proposal to reform the distribution of the student levy. A vote yes will see the levy reduced with the breakdown of the levy changing within it. While some services such as societies and clubs and the student union itself see an increase in funding from this change, other services like Arsenal Lane and the Student Projects Fund will see a drastic decrease. While we welcome the positive impact the reduction of the student levy will have on students and the benefits seen in the inclusion of funding for services like CAME in the proposal, the impact and redistribution of funds for student services is of major concern. As mentioned, the proposed reform sees a reduction in funding to the Mock Lane and Student Projects Funds. They both would each see a reduction of €14.23 per student resulting in a loss of approximately 231,949 euros in funding overall per year. In terms of ARIS, this funding is responsible for the maintenance of the building as well as improvements such as parent and baby room, renovation of the hub, the salt model, development of Shannon College student space, and in particular to Radio Sock, the redesigned acoustic rooms, the band room, the recording studio, and so many other projects. It is thanks to ARIS Fund that these spaces and equipment are free to use by the students. The Student Union has said that the proposed changes still cover the cost of maintenance. The University Societies Coordinating Group is skeptical of this claim, stating, quote, this will force all student services that are located there to seek additional fun- external funding to ensure the availability and maintenance of key resources slash spaces for societies and students. The alternative source of this funding is likely to be more corporate events held in Arsenal Maclean, which actively takes power away from the students' hands." Corporate events usually take place over multiple days, and they're often ticketed events, so students lose access to the entire building for extended periods of time. Large multi-day events such as Interversities, AkumaCon, the Relay for Life, and even regular society events booked in the R.S. are at risk with this proposal. The Student Projects Funds, meanwhile, have contributed to many NUIG initiatives. The Student Resilience Project, STI screenings, the Mental Health Support and Health Unit, student services such as financial aid systems, development, um, health and wellbeing supports. Projects the Student Union runs itself are funded through the Student Project Fund, such as the Tea Fund, meal plans, microwaves, inclusive teaching, the Hub Central. There are sustainability initiatives, the Access and Disability Office, the Chaplaincy. Services SOX relies on, such as Your Space, Alive, Mentoring, and Employability. Included also are accommodation welfare and student counselling, and so many other services students only gain by having. The University Society's Coordinating Group asks Careers, Chaplaincy, the Health Unit, Alive, the Society's Office and Sports Office, all parties who will see increases or decreases should the referendum pass, what consultation process do they have with the Student Union in relation to these proposed changes. All responded, no consultation. As such, Radio Soccer in favour of a no vote this Thursday. These interviews were recorded over the weekend before the Student Union's uh, Levy Referendum Info Session.
0: That brings us to the end of our show. A huge thank you to the SU presidential candidates that got back to us, Roisin, Joe and James. Best of luck in your campaigns, guys. For more info on the election, visit su.nuigalway.ie or Goliv on Facebook and Instagram. For more content from us, see Radio Sock Talks on Spotify, Mixcloud and Anchor FM as well as NYG Radio Sock on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, guys, and have a nice day.